Hello, and welcome back to the Nick Anderson Fitness Podcast. I am here with my friend, Sean. Uh, Sean, for those who don't know you, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you're all about. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm Sean Geary. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a personal trainer and fitness coach uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. I work at a small gym in Los Gatos, California, which is where uh, Netflix is headquartered. Uh, to give you that point of reference. And uh, yeah, I've been on a fitness journey probably most of my life. Uh, and ultimately, uh, I uh, discovered how to uh, really love myself and not beat myself up over uh, food and diet and exercise. And I like to share that with people. I love that. Um, I think more people need to love themselves because. I think in the fitness industry, people are very quick to beat themselves up for things like, oh, I couldn't make it to the gym today because I had to take my kids to soccer practice and mm-hmm. I had to go to the grocery store and I had to work extra hours. And then they get mad at themselves for not going to the gym when literally they didn't have time to do that. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing that's kind of come up uh, in a couple of different discussion threads and everything like that is like you know the whole like we all have the same 24 hours and uh and and I'm always like oh that's bullshit like uh we don't all have the same 24 hours I am a I am a a gay man who's married I have no children uh uh, and I have a pretty demanding job during the day but it's also at a gym um so I don't have the same 24 hours as the single mom with four kids and maybe two jobs. Like, so yeah, like talking to that person and being like, Hey, did you find a half an hour to kind of take care of yourself right now? Like, great. Perfect. Sometimes it's all you need, you know, and, and less about like, uh, you know, well, this person does it and it's like, well, but you're not that person. Right. Um, So, uh, Yeah. Like, I think like that was one thing that really kind of popped up lately is like, yeah, you're right. I don't have the same 24 hours as you do, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) um, And that doesn't mean you're 20, you know, that doesn't mean you're less than me or I'm better than you. It just means that we both have different lives. Yeah. uh, We both have different priorities. Um, Like for me, uh, I'm kind of same as you. Like I'm, I work in a gym, so it's easy for me to get a workout in. Not everyone has that luxury, right? Like I have a client who has two kids and she's a wedding photographer. So it's wedding season and she's always, you know, shooting a wedding and she has a full-time job and all this. And then she'll kind of like get a a little mad at herself to be like, oh, I didn't make it to the gym as many times as I wanted to this week. I'm like, cool, that's fine. Like I know that, that you're really busy during this season right now. So let's just plan to do two days a week at most. And that's better than no days a week at all. And you shouldn't beat yourself up for not being able to get there three, four, however many it is you want. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's, it's genuinely important. I think to have those kind of realistic conversations with our clients, uh, because, and, and to even talk, like I talk about my struggles and that, and like I work in a gym and some days I don't want to work out like, mm-hmm. and part of it is because it is my work place. Um, you know, it's not a commercial gym, so it's not like I'm working at a 24 hour fitness or like a, 
like an Equinox or something where there's members milling about. We're by appointment only studio. So mm-hmm. like when we work out, it's usually when all the appointments are done or there's nobody there or whatever. Um, but I'm there with my coworkers who I really enjoy and their distraction um, <laughs> for sure. And, uh, but yeah, like there are definitely days where it's like all the weights are right there. I have my program. <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I could just go do this, but I would rather sit and play, you know, uh, my slot machine game for a half an hour. And, uh, you know, so it, there's like, I even talk about that with my clients, like just sort of the motivation is fleeting just because I'm, I'm here, which, you know, that, that barrier is gone is that I'm physically at a gym. So the barrier of having to get to a gym is already gone, which is great. For some people, that's the barrier. Uh, But even then it's like, but I'm at work and I don't want to be here anymore. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's one of the main reasons that I very rarely work out at my work gym. I'm the same, we're the same thing. We're like a a private studio by appointment only. And, um, you know, when when I work out there, it's when nobody else is there. The only time I do is like, we close early on Sunday, so I'll lock the door and it's just me there. And I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. Um, but like yeah. working out, like I enjoy working out. It's it's fun for me. Yeah. It doesn't feel fun when I'm doing it at my workplace. <laughs> no, I, I mean, thankfully it, for me, it can be fun. So like my, I have, uh, I really like this. So I had, I have worked at a 24 hour fitness uh, prior to the pandemic and it's, uh, not a place that I'd ever go back to work. I, I will never, uh, and I don't, I've said many never things in my lifetime. <laughs> um, this is one I can stick by is that I will never go back to a commercial big box gym ever again to coach. Um, and uh, so I really lucked into this place <clears throat> where uh, the two main guys that I work with for the most part, the, the, when I first came on board, it was just the three of us for a long time. Um, you know, like I really bonded pretty well with them. And, uh, we have this other morning trainer, uh, younger woman. And that's also nice to have that like female energy in the gym. Um, cause there were definitely times where it could get a little bro Uh, so it's nice to have that kind of counterbalance. So like between the four of us, like it's actually kind of a cool little situation and we will sometimes kind of coincide our workouts like between clients or whatnot. And it's kind of fun to interact with them, but they are a distraction. And uh, I'm a talker. And if you don't disengage with me, I will continue to engage. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, when I was a teacher for years, I would tell people, if I wander into your classroom after school and I just start telling you my little stories, like just ignore me because I will get bored and I will leave. It's not rude. it's like, and it, and I had a few people that really would, they would just kind of be like, Oh, Hey, Mr. Geary. And I'd just start into my little thing and they just kind of keep doing their thing. And I'd be like, okay, you're not interested do, 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 down the hall. Who else has got a door open? Um, <laughs> but if you engage with me, mm, that's it. Yeah. You're screwed. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be talking to you for, I'm going to be talking to you until you really look at me and be like, I have to go. And I'll be like, okay. People uh, listening are like, this podcast is going to be three and a half hours long. <laughs> hey, there, there's a, there's a, there's a movie podcast that I like to listen to. Uh, and yeah, they are uh, it's two guys 
Matt Gorley and Paul Rust. It's called with Gorley and Rust. And they mostly horror movies is what they talk about. And they will have uh, like three and a half to four hour podcasts about a single movie. That's insane. Um, <laughs> it is. It is insane. Uh, but I love it. Sometimes it can get a little, they can get a little, won't lie. But most of their stuff, I'm like, yep, I'm on board. And so it is like, you're like, wait a minute. They're talking for three and a half hours about a 92 minute movie. <laughs> And I'm like, and I'm a patron. So, <laughs> yep, there's a lot to unpack in that 90 minute movie, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, but that's where I, when it comes to working out at work, like I don't mind it. Sometimes it is fun. Plus, the head coach, uh, Bradley, the head coach who works there, and he's been at this gym since almost its inception. Uh, I mean, it's just his form is impeccable. His critique of form is impeccable, not judgmental, like, you know, when I posted videos, you know, to my Instagram account, like he'll, like the other day I posted a deadlift video and he's like, it looks really good. Except do you notice this little spine movement right here? And I was like, oh, yep, I see it. And uh, he's like, yeah, just, yeah, just make sure you keep that spine engaged, you know, and it's like, that's his feedback. It's not like anything other than that. Um, so when I am there and he's there, like, I've definitely been like, hey, coach me up. Uh uh, and he's happy to do it. So like, that's fun. Um, but then there are days like yesterday where I was there at six 30, I was done at one. I had a half an hour off. I had like 10 clients throughout the day. And so I do have, um, there's a powerlifting gym about a few miles from my house. There's a weekend only membership for like 40 bucks a month. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you can go, uh, for 40 bucks a month, which is a great deal. Um, and so, yeah, I left work and I just drove up there and went and went to a place where nobody knows me really. Mm. Um, I've discovered, and even through your own like kind of journey on the powerlifting circuit there, like I've discovered they're a bit more of a community than I want to be a part of. Um, but also I don't feel like they, like when I'm there, people say hi, people are very friendly, but like, they're not trying to like pull me into the powerlifting community mm. you know so i don't feel like i'm an outsider for sure but i don't feel like they're like oh who's that guy using our stuff it's definitely like <laughs> you know yeah uh, i kind of feel the same at my powerlifting gym too like i i am on a powerlifting journey but like there's definitely kind of a click there of like mm -hmm. other power lifters who like hang out and talk and you know the owner is one of them and then yeah. there's a few like uh state record holders and then a few like national level record holders and i'm like i am not on these people's level so like i'm gonna watch you and be impressed by you but like that's about it yeah yeah and this is like a really small like the owner is super nice and so the things that really work for me uh, in a small environment like that is if and he's a younger guy too. Like, I don't, I can't, I don't know how old he is, but he, I can't imagine that he's much older than 30. Um, you know, he's just kind of looking at his Instagram feed. He's very young, uh, which is great. And he's been in business for a while. He works, he owns it with his wife and a friend or whatnot and uh, great little spot. And I was there one day and he introduced himself and, you know, <clears throat> I told him, yeah, I'm only here on the weekends. And he's like, that's cool. You probably won't see me that much, but I have been seeing him a little bit more on the Friday workout when I go in and 
He remembers my name. He says, Hey, he says, Hey, what's up? Uh, he's asking me what I'm working on. Like, so like that stuff endears me. So like for me, the community could be a bunch of assholes. I wouldn't care. Uh, but because I know, I feel like the owner's a good guy and he's like, like, I I'm like, all right, I'm going to support this small business in my, in my big city and, you know, I'll help this guy as, as much as I can, you know, kind of thing. So that, but if he had turned into a, like a giant asshole, I probably would have been like, I need to cancel this membership. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'll find funny. a different spot. It's funny how people are like intimidated by gyms like that more so than like a 24 hour fitness or something like that, because the, the vibe is so much different in like a specialized like powerlifting or bodybuilding gym or something like people are so they're there to like focus on themselves and they likely don't give a shit about you where oh, if yeah. you go to like a planet fitness, like there's a bunch of like dudes who are like broing out way too right. hard and yep. staring at everybody. Um, right. One of my clients texted me yesterday. I was like, yeah, there's definitely some people smirking at me. And I'm like, yeah, you're at planet fitness. So <laughs> yeah. I but mean, also like-, like she's fucking killing it. So shout out to Caitlin, by the way, she's fucking killing it over here. And then yeah. there's some asshole on probably ego lifting way too much looking at her. So fuck that. Yeah, like, and and it's and it's also like easy to kind of shit on Planet Fitness because it's like the low end of the spectrum in the in the industry anyway. But there's like, but you're right. Like, I I know in that gym, the powerlifting gym that I go to, I know that I could probably ask almost anyone there for like a little bit of advice or like a spot or mm-hmm. anything, and they're not gonna like they're gonna be like, yep, cool. You know, uh, they're not gonna give me technique advice or anything like that unless I ask because I'll, I'll always say there there have been times I've asked for spots in some gyms and I've been like from someone who I, I trust and respect and I'll be like yeah could you just watch the form too just if you notice anything let me know uh <clears throat> but uh yeah and it's just like yeah the intimidation I mean it's it's easy to be intimidated in a powerlifting gym because they're lifting big heavy things dropping them on the floor grunting and groaning uh so i i can get this the intimidation factor from all the sort of the performative aspects of this sure but like at the same time like most of the people i've interacted with briefly there have been like just the nicest people um the other thing and i i'm sure you encounter this at your powerlifting space is like powerlifting gyms is where body positivity thrives because there are nothing but thick bodies and tight clothing at my gym and nobody gives a shit (laughs) Mm -hmm. shirtless dudes with a little bit of like with no six packs and a little bit of like extra body fat nobody's looking around being like you know but at a power but if you took your shirt off in like a planet fitness or or like a 24 can you imagine right like just walking around in like booty shorts and like no shirt like people be like who the fuck is this guy you know uh but you know they the other day we had a heat wave it was super hot in that gym because it's also kind of in an industrial space so no air conditioning and they have garage doors that are open and big fans blowing but it was hot man so i'm Mm -hmm. like i just took my shirt off and i did not even think twice uh about you know my my tummy being on display like it was just sort of like nobody gives a shit yeah nobody gives a shit 
you know, and, and again, like I said, you've got power lifters who are just thick anyway. And I'm just like, this is awesome. I was like, we all need a powerlifting gym in our lives. <laughs> like, be like, oh, I can wear tight booty shorts. Like I, uh, so Ryan, uh, Ryan Cassim <clears throat> is my coach. He's fucking awesome. Shout out to he Ryan. <laughs> yeah, he is awesome. And I've been with him for a couple of years. And, you know, I even said to him, I go, I think my five inch shorts are almost too demure. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you can't see my entire quad. Uh, so, um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of fun to be in an environment where there's like, you know, like it's funny because like plant fitness has their whole no judgment motto where there's clearly a ton of judgment happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, but like, I'm like, this place is legit, no judgment, you know, uh, which is awesome. So I've been, I'm really glad I discovered it. I'm glad it's an affordable option for me because my work is, it's like, it's a, it's about a 15, 20 minute drive from my apartment and it's on the way to Santa Cruz. Uh, so for those unfamiliar with the area, like Santa Cruz, it's where Lost Boys was shot, the old eighties movie, but also like surfing beaches fun. And so the drive to Santa Cruz can be a beast on a weekend, uh, especially if the weather is really good. Uh, and so my boss is like, you know, you can't come work out here on Saturdays. And I was like, I'm not. Like, I'm like, that's the barrier, right? That I'm like, I'm legit not going to do it. Cause I look at the traffic, it's going to be a half an hour for a ride. That's usually only 15 minutes. Um, there's, we do have morning classes on Saturdays and there's a coach who has a few clients on Saturday as well. And I'm like, I don't want to be in their way. That all wraps up at like 12, which means I don't get my workout until like one. And I'm like, so I was like, no, I'm happy to pay like this small amount of money to go to a gym that I enjoy. And, uh, you know, I get it. My, I get my workout in on the weekend instead of trying to squeeze it all in on Monday through Friday. Yeah. So it sounds like this, this new gym that you found really plays well into the idea of what you talked about in the very beginning, which is the, the journey of loving yourself, right? Like, yeah. so, I mean, you said it focuses a little bit on body positivity. I would call it more like, body neutrality where like nobody actually gives a shit it's not like anybody's like hey man you look great they're just like i don't even care like, like that dude yeah. took his shirt off and that's like good for him i don't give a shit yeah i'm gonna yeah. go do my thing like <laughs> yeah yeah and it is it's like it really is important um to have that like i don't care attitude and and like because one of the the parts of my story that i tell my clients so i have this <clears throat> this senior citizen who I just started working with. And she is, uh, as I'm talking to her, I realize like she is around the same age as my mom and probably the exact same journey of weight loss as my mom has been on her whole life. And so like, you know, I just talk a lot with her about like being entrenched in diet culture and, uh, you know, like that's my childhood. Like I talk to people, you know, about like my clients. And I just say, you know, I weight loss has been my whole world. You know, I grew up overweight. Um, my mom was constantly at white at Weight Watchers and like always on a diet and always looking for the one answer and to lose weight, because if you lost weight, then, you know, that meant you're more attractive or you're more worthy or you're, you know, you know, being overweight is bad. 
Um, and so losing weight is good. And so it's, it took me a very long time to unwind from that. Um, and just realize like, no, you know, my body is mine and I want to improve it, which is great, <clears throat> but there might come a point in time where I'm like, I'm done, you know, and I'm just kind of happy with where I am. And that's going to be, that's going to be great, you know, but, um, yeah, just talking to this client, just saying to her, like, you know, she was like telling me, oh, you know, I weigh myself in the morning and I weigh myself at night. And at night the scale goes up. And I was like, well, do you, you know, and here's this woman in her late seventies. And I said, but you understand why the scale goes up during the day. Right. And she said, no, it's be well, she said, yeah, it's because, you know, I ate that piece of cheese. And I was like, well, technically yes, mm -hmm. but also that's not fat, you know, I'm like, you know, cause the weight is fat. Right. So I think that's where I've been trying to work with her a lot on is like the number on the scale is how fat you are is in what's happening in her brain. Mm. And it's like, no, that's not it. It's just the effect of gravity on your body. Like that's it. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, you literally just weighed that extra piece of cheese. <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and she's like, and I drink this much water and I'm and you know, I have these, and I was like, I was like, you're talking about all the water you drank throughout the day. You're talking about all the food you ate throughout the day. Like I said, mm -hmm. and so it's, you know, it's never going to be consistent. And so it's that un understanding of like, and I told her this, we actually just had this conversation yesterday too. I told her, I said, I've been where you are getting on the scale and being like, oh, here are the 15 things I ate yesterday that I shouldn't have eaten. And that's why the scale went up. And I said, we can't do that. Like, that's just a fool's errand. You know, you just really genuinely cannot try to decipher where the weight came from because you'll never figure it out. We can't possibly figure it out. Um, and really trying to help her to kind of unwind the emotional attachment to the number on the scale and like, you know, all that, all that stuff. And just talking to her about like, she talks about being a good girl or a bad girl, which I know is kind of cute, cutesy language, but I'm like, you're just a person. Like right. we're neither good nor bad. We just are. You're on a journey. Just live that journey. Don't try to judge it. You know? Yeah. I think there's a lot of like, kind of attaching morality to the decisions you make and you know morality comes from whether we're a good or bad person as far as like life decisions not not food right. decisions not exercise decisions that doesn't make you like oh I, you had a piece of pizza now you're bad right no you enjoyed a piece of pizza that's great that's that's not bad that's fucking great enjoy it yeah and then move on with your life like i think especially for your um your client who's like stepping on the scale in the morning and at night and thinking like oh well I must have done good in the morning and now it must have done bad throughout the day because the scale's up like right. that's that's a bad road to be down and I, yeah. I mean obviously I think it's great that you're like trying to help coach her through that and like help her understand that the scale is going to be higher at night than it is in the morning that's just how it is you you've eaten food right in the day right like yeah. you, you don't you don't water. lose weight in the day yeah you drank water you ate food it's just how it is so yeah 
Yeah. And it's, and it's hard. Cause you know, she's like, and she says, you know, I understand it. And I said, I know you understand it. I understand it. I said, the difference is I, I believe it. And I need to get you to the point where mm. you believe it as well, that, it, that the number is just a number. Uh, and so we talked yesterday, I said, you know, she's on sort of our gym's introductory program. Um, and I said, you have two more weeks before you decide to sign up. The next two weeks, I want you to just step on the scale in the morning. That's it. And that's, that's the number we worry about. You know, that's the number we track. Mm -hmm. uh, if you decide to step on the scale in the evening again, just remember this conversation, that it's a reflection of the food you ate, that it's still somewhat in your stomach, the water that that food provided to the rest of your body. I mean, it's just like trying to, but like, it's not a reflection of actual weight gain or weight loss. If the number does go down, it's not, a, you also didn't lose three pounds throughout the day. Like that's, you know, like, you know, so I was like, so we have to unwind these like big emotional reactions to this number because it's strictly just a number. And I told her, I said, I didn't weigh myself for years because I couldn't do that for years, I didn't know how much I weighed because getting on the scale was an emotional roller coaster. Either I was going to be super fucking pissed or I was going to be super fucking excited. And, and I don't think either one of those responses was the best response. Right. Um, you know, and it wasn't until I just really started thinking like, it's just a number, it's just a number, you know? And, and she said, well, when did that happen? I go, do you want the truth? And she said, yeah, I go four years ago, like five years ago. You know, I was like, I was like, I was in my forties, uh, in my forties, I really decided to love myself, uh, stop judging every ounce of body fat, looking at the stretch marks on my body and being like, I can never get rid of those. Uh, those will always be here. You know, like I, it took me forever, uh, in the big picture. Cause I know, I know there are people who are in their eighties who aren't there yet. And it's just, but I'm like, but in the bigger picture for me, uh, you know, I was like, it took me more than 40 years to finally look at this body and say, uh, this is a great body and I'm going to make the changes I want to make to it. And I don't give a shit what anybody else says, you know, yeah. I have to stop trying to impress people. Right. So how, tell me, like, walk me through how that journey went. Like, how did you do it? How did you get to that point of like, not loving yourself to, I mean, I'm sure it was a spectrum, right? But like, how did you get from loving yourself, not loving yourself to loving yourself? Um, so, so like, it's, it's interesting. So I grew up overweight uh, and, you know, for, you know, we are, neighbors uh separated by a couple decades i think you know so i grew up in lowell massachusetts blue collar boston suburb i used to talk like uh all the boston movies sound you know <laughs> uh, i didn't have an eye anywhere in my words uh um, are you a so, co-op <laughs> yeah <laughs> nick anderson what the fuck you doing kid uh yeah no uh you put my sneakers on we're gonna go for a jog uh yeah so <laughs> So yeah, I mean, um, grew up fat and uh, gay, right? In this blue collar suburb and in the eighties. And uh, I can just let you know, that's not the best era to be, you know, mm -hmm. the positive, positive kid in uh, and be overweight as well. Um, so yeah, so I was picked on quite a bit. 
And, um, and like I said, not, not, and I, and I've realized when I would tell kind of like my experience with my mom and just sort of being entrenched in diet culture, like certain things that she said and did, like she wasn't like, she wasn't doing it to be mean or like, it was just sort of what was said to her. And so like, just these moments of like, you know, um, she brought me to a Weight Watchers meeting when I was eight and not because she wanted me to join Weight Watchers for obvious reasons, but it was just sort of like, you're overweight. Let's do that. Like, let's see how much you weigh. And, and, um, and I actually wanted to go, right. So my mom would go to these Weight Watchers meetings. And I was like, that's great. Like what's mom doing? That sounds exciting. You know, and, you know, I wanted to go, but there was a, somebody's mom was there. Somebody at this, my neighborhood mom was there and, she said something to one of her kids. And then uh, the, the next day at school was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. And so, uh, which then again, started to create the like, I'm fat, I'm bad, I'm unworthy. Uh, my mom doesn't love me because she took me to Weight Watchers with her. Like there's all this stuff, like my body sucks, you know, all this stuff like at eight, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. And so that kind of just stuck with me for a very long time and, uh, growing up, coming out, uh, realizing that again, like in the nineties, uh, I was coming out of the closet. Um, there was certain, there's definitely still a, a lot of body dysmorphia in the gay community. Um, there's an expectation of muscular, lean, smooth, fit, all these kinds of images <clears throat> that I still struggle with from time to time. Um, and uh, not that I have to impress anybody, but there's still moments where it's like uh, when we lived in Atlanta for a couple of years and we went with my husband to like some um, like pool party at 4th of July. And it was, I mean, it was like, I mean, it, it was a, it was a work friend. And so like, the afternoon was like work people. And then it shifted into the evening to like the gay friends came over and it was like a circuit party. It was like lean buff speedos. Like I, I legit was like, we need to leave because I I'm, I'm feeling so low in my self-esteem right now. And nobody's saying or doing anything. This is all my own bullshit. And, uh, and I can remember these moments of just sort of like, I'm not attractive enough for the gay community. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, a, I, I'm not thin enough to get all the love and support from the people around me because I'm fat and I'm clearly lazy and all these like idiotic kind of negative self-talk that went through there. And so I had hired a coach um, who, he just was really good in like, the one thing that I remember, I had a conversation with him one day uh, because like I would do the self-deprecating joke, right? Mm. So like I would, uh, because, because again, it was like, it was a defense mechanism because I'd been called fat and, you know, made fun of for being gay for so many years. It was like, if I can diffuse this by doing it to myself, like Nick, you can't call me something I haven't heard, but if I call myself it, like it shows that I'm in on the joke, right? Like, you know, so I just remember there was like one session where he and I were working out and I, and I was kind of making fun of myself in that self-deprecating way. And, uh, and I just remember him saying to me, he's like, you know, you don't really have to do that to yourself. 
And he's like, cause it's really not funny. And if you want me to join in, I'm not going to, uh, you know, you're better than that. And, um, that's when I really kind of started to think like, wait a minute, uh, people don't want to make fun of me. Like, and again, I was 40, <laughs> you know, where I was like having the first moment in my head of being like, wait, because I'm kind of overweight and I'm, you know, not extremely like coordinated in some, you know, world of sports and fitness, like people don't want to make fun of me. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, let me stew on that for a bit. And I did. And, um, and I had started like, and I was really judgmental. Like the, the thing about, uh, Facebook memories, <laughs> you know, like all of a sudden, like every once in a while, one will pop up and I'm like, yeah, I got to delete that. That was super uh, judgy yeah. um, <laughs> of other people. And that's what it was, is I was directing a lot of my own judgment of my myself outward to other people. And so like part of it too, like I, I talk, I talked with another, a different friend about this, or I've posted about it as well. Like gay characters if they even existed in any kind of movie or television show were always like the sassiest um, shocking for shock's sake. Um, they were effeminate uh, for the most gay men uh, characters were often effeminate or, you know, whatnot. So there was like things that I was like, well, that's not me. This is me. And I would go, I guess that's how I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be the mean, like kind of sharp tongued, always has an opinion kind of thing. So like, that's how I kind of lived my life for a while was like, I'm the sassy, mean gay friend. And uh, like, I began to realize like, oh God, that was exhausting for me. It was, must've been exhausting for the people I was right. friends with, you know? And, um, and, and realized like, I didn't have to be those things. And so, and that was where a lot of like stuff came from was just sort of like, Oh, you're going to wear that, you know, like, Ooh, how dare you? You know, those kinds of like, why would you choose to like that movie? Um, you know, I had the pithy observation for everything. And so I, I made a promise to myself like that I was going to stop, you know, uh, like in the, like in the gym, like looking at somebody being like, Oh, they're wearing that, you know, those kinds of moments um and really stop and then also stop posting about it right like like nobody needs to know these things you know so i just started to really release the judgment of others to help me realize i was really inside judging myself um and so uh that moment with my coach where he was like you're better than this and um i um I just started to kind of say, okay, I have to, I have to figure out what do I like about myself and great question. You know, what, what, what can I start with? So like what I did was, and I, and I, it's, it was kind of one of those things where I was like uh, every day. So we had these closet mirrors that were uh, closet sliding door mirrors that were floor to ceiling. And so every day I would stand in front of the mirror naked and I would, and I would look at myself and, and instead of looking at the stretch marks on my tummy and being like, those are, you know, those are bad, you know, like it just was, it became to be like, what am, what am I seeing? What do I like? 
uh, I have to stop judging this thing. Uh, I have to like finally see what, you know, my husband sees, you know, because I, there was even the period of time where I was like, how is this person attracted to me? Like, why is he still with me? He must feel so bad for me. Uh, and, and he doesn't want to break my heart. That's why he stays, you know, and that's not a healthy place to be in. Um, and so I just stood in the mirror naked for 30 days, just kind of an arbitrary number. And uh, the little mantra that I had created myself for myself was, um, you are strong, you're beautiful, you are loved, and you are worthy with, for love and happiness. And I would kind of repeat it, it sounded kind of hippy-dippy, but I started to believe it, and that's kind of where it turned. Um, the other thing that helped was that same coach, you know, um, he wouldn't, I mean, he would, he would give me praise, like he would congratulate me on things, but he also was sort of like, I'm he, like, I would do things cause, uh, cause the other thing, the other secret part of me is, uh, one of my love languages is words of praise. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I am seeking approval. Right. So like, I'm like, I need you to tell me good things about myself. <clears throat> and so he was always kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's cool that you did it, but he's like, that's your thing. That's not me. You know, and, and as a coach, it's that fine line of like, uh, even in my own coaching, I try to tell people you should be really proud of yourself, not I'm really proud of you. Right. Um, and, and I can, and I, and we always, like, we, I always slip up. I'm like, I'm super proud of yourself and you should be really proud. Yeah. You know? I think there's nothing wrong with saying that from time to time either. Right. But there's the moment of like, you should be really like, wow, you know, you set the goal of like that client you're talking about, like you set the goal of two times a week and you know what you squeezed in a third session. You should be really proud of yourself. You know, like you should really be happy, you know, or whatever, however you want to phrase it versus like, I'm really proud of you because then the, the motivation is, ex is it's external. Yeah. And so like, that was the thing that the other thing that clicked was like, everything I'm doing is for me. Uh, the exercising, the watching what I'm eating, the losing weight, like I can't do it because I want random gay strangers to look at me twice in a nightclub. Like what the fuck? Right. <laughs> like, right. And I actually broke it down of like, wait, I'm trying to get heads to turn for people that I don't want to do anything <laughs> with. And like, who I will probably never see again in my life. Like when you really think about those moments, you're like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's even like, it's so like, I realized all the years that I've tried to lose weight, it was uh, either to, to please my mother, uh, to get the doctors off my back, um, to try to be more attractive in a, in an objective, you know, in the subjective sense within this community, that I was trying to impress people in uh, like none of it was about me. And that's why none of the efforts that I ever did prior to the, these moments ever stuck because I didn't get the praise. I didn't get the, the new boyfriend. I didn't get uh, the doctor off my back because there was some other thing, you know, it was just sort of like, <clears throat> like those things never materialized, which just meant all this effort is for nothing because I didn't get the thing that I thought I wanted. Um, and so when I finally looked and I said, this is all about me, um, 
And if I'm not impressed with myself, then why am I doing it? Uh, and, and then uh, that's when it really shifted, you know, and that was about, I don't know, about six years ago, six, seven years ago that I really started looking more inward, um, making this about me and nobody else. Everybody gets um, this, the like kind of side effect of all this is everybody gets the benefit from it. <clears throat> my community, my husband, my life, like everybody on the outside gets to actually benefit from my feeling better and more pride in myself. But, it, but even if they didn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you kind of looked for this like inward motivation of like not relying on other people's feedback to try and do whatever it is that you want to do for your body, for your fitness, for your health. So once you kind of found that like inward motivation, what did you start to focus on as far as like goals were? Um. So. I started to focus a little bit more on um, body composition. Um, so I wanted to, like, I wanted to have, I wanted to have the more classic musculature, right? So like that, that was something that I wanted. And so I started to focus a little bit more on that, you know, so like really uh, moving away from like the six day bro split to uh, like four times a week trying to hit upper and lower, you know, uh, technique, like that kind of split versus even like the push pull legs type stuff. Um, you know, just kind of hitting everything a couple times a week. Uh, don't need to have an arms day, uh, dedicated throughout the week. Um, and realizing rest was important. Um, so, you know, the pendulum swung real far. So it went from like being not really into it to being super into it. So there was a period of time where, um, and this was another part of that journey where I dedicated, I doubled down. Um, I, I did the whole like need to post every day after a workout on Instagram to hold myself accountable. And if I don't, then, you know, clearly I, I'm, I'm a jerk. <clears throat> um, the other thing that was also happening in there is like people would be like, Oh, it's so cool to see your progress. And it's really inspirational, which then in my head, nothing that they said, my head says, Oh my God, if I don't post every day, then I'm letting all these other people down. So again, it was still that outward mm -hmm. stuff. Right. And so there was a period of time where I was like, seven days a week, I was doing something, you know, so I was working out like six days a week resistance training. I was doing a minimum of like, you know, I was doing, I was also doing soul cycle at the time. So I would take like two or three soul cycle classes a week in addition to extra cardio while working out like prior to, or just after my resistance training with my coach or whatever. Uh, and I think there was like a period of time where I, I posted like something like 50 something days in a row. I had some sort of exercise picture that I was sending. Um, because if I stopped, I was going to get fat again. And I would be letting all those other people down. But like, but if I stopped, if I took one rest day, then I was going to take a, a rest month and then I would stop because I was so afraid of kind of lapsing back into my habit of like, sort of like, well, this was fun, but you know, I'm not really sticking to it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
and so again that same coach was just sort of like um he's like when did you take a rest day and i said oh you know 50 days ago (laughs) and and i i think i even lied i think i was like well you know a couple days ago and he was like nope no you didn't (laughs) he's like i follow you and i you you have like the last time you haven't posted was whatever and i was like he's like you need to take a rest day um and that's when i told him i said but if i do it i'm gonna get fat again he said do you really believe that and i said yes and he said okay well, you know, you need to work on that. Cause he's like, you're not, you're not gonna, he's like, cause you're going to take a rest day tomorrow. And then we have an appointment on Thursday or whatever day it was, you know, like we have an appointment the next day. So, and you're going to show up for it. And I said, yeah. And he's like, okay. So you're, you're not going to, you know, and so I just was kind of like, so like that moment as well of like swinging the pendulum all the way over. And now it's like, now I have that nice balance of like what we kind of talked about, like uh, with Ryan, uh, you know, he programs four days a week for me and I kind of have my schedule. And there have definitely been some weeks where I'm like, can't do it. Like things just aren't happening. Like work is super crazy. Um, You know, uh, like a month and a half ago, we had an invasion of my in-laws, you know, there's people at the house for like a week. And so like, there were just some days where I just, I'm like, I can't, I have to go home. You know, I, I have to be uh, a good family person. And so, um, yeah, you know, I moved away from the anxiety over being away from home and not having a gym or not being in control of the food that I was eating, you know, like, I mean, the pendulum swung all the way and then it swung back and now it's in that nice place of just like, uh, yeah, I don't have a gym this week. Okay. Yeah. I think if the, if the pendulum is in either direction, if it's, if it's in the, the one side where it's like, okay, I'm not doing anything at all. I'm not working out at all. I'm not paying attention to my health at all. Or if it's on the other side where it's like, I'm working out seven days a week, sometimes even more. Neither of those is falls into that idea of loving yourself right it's right. like all right i'm i feel like shit because i haven't worked out at all or i am doing way too much because i think that if i don't this will happen i think that i'll get fat again because i can't i can't hold up that motivation if i miss that one day and then my streak is dead right like i gotta start from zero neither of those is yeah. loving yourself and it's it's amazing that you found that that balance where you were able to do less, but not nothing, you know, like yeah. a, a perfectly reasonable amount of things. And even, you know, in, in weeks where something's going on and you're not going to be able to make it to the gym and like any good coach would be like, cool, like, that's fine. You're, you're not going to just lose all your progress from missing a week. Like, right. um, yeah, yeah f- finding that it's really, it's, it's great as far as like a mental, like, okay, this is where I need to be. And it's loving yourself. That is, that is loving yourself is finding that, that sweet middle spot. Yeah. And the upside too is with, with the progress pictures and I, and I, and I've worked with people who don't do progress pictures either for other Mm -hmm. reasons. And I, and I completely understand that mentality. What's great with the progress pictures, however, is like, you can see like, there's a, there's a picture that I did save. Uh, because it was the day that I looked at the picture and I said, I'm really happy with what I see. I'm really happy with this. And 
anything else from here on out is icing, right? Like anything else I do from this moment will just be bonus. Uh, and, and what was great about that is it was one of those instances where it was like, in the, like I was a little bit lighter than I was at, at one particular time. Um, you know, but I was doing all that crazy cardio. I was doing all the like minuscule measurements of food. And like, I wasn't really happy yet, uh, with the lifestyle. Like I was happy with me, but like the other stuff was still in, in a work in progress. <clears throat> and then, you know, you go back to, I, I then, you know, a couple months go by or several months go by. And I have this one other picture where it's like, okay, in this picture, I'm 10 pounds heavier. Uh, my body is differently shaped because I put on some muscle I've rested. So my body's had time to recover. Uh, I'm sleeping better. I'm eating better. I'm less anxious over like somebody suggested going out to a restaurant and then change their mind about which restaurant. And I flip a fucking conniption fit because it's like, no, I already decided what I was going to, you know, I've been there. Mm -hmm. uh, and you see like, Oh, okay. You know, and I would save that picture for, uh, and I would share it with clients from time to time to just sort of be like, when they'd be like, oh yeah, I have to work out, you know, nine, nine times a day, you know, kind of thing. I'd just be like, or walk with me on my journey. You could do this, you know, uh, not saying you're going to get the same results, but I'm just going to say you're still so much better. Um, in a lot of ways, like you're not going to be as anxious and stuff. So I, um, yeah, so I just, uh, I, it's, it's a constant work in progress, right? There's, you're, you're never going to be in that dead center with that pendulum. Um, but it's always just being in that moment of like, well, I'm, I'm in this body that I really care about and my, the size and shape of it isn't as important as how I feel about it. Um, and, uh, all the other factors are just sort of things that are out of my control sometimes. And there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. I think that's so important to say is it's not like, you don't just like flip a switch and it's like, okay, now I magically don't have any more issues. Like I'm not going <laughs> to look at myself and ever feel bad about myself again, because sometimes yeah. it's going to happen. Sometimes you'll have good days where you'll look at yourself in the mirror and be like, fuck yeah, I look awesome. And then there might be other days where you're like, well, I don't look that great. <laughs> yeah. And you know, if you find more good days and bad days, then I think you're in a good spot, but yeah. Well, and it's like consistency and all those other things. It's like, you're never going to ever be a hundred percent consistent. You're never going to be a hundred percent content, you know? So it's just, it's when you begin to allow too many outside factors um, to, to affect that, you know? It, it's just, it's, it's been a great journey. I'm so glad that I'm here where I am, uh, you know, and I feel um, pretty good overall with where it's headed. So, yeah, I think you've definitely come a long way from the uh, Weight Watchers meeting when you were eight to where you are now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I do, I tell people, I go, no, I was actually really excited because my mom's been going to this meeting and she has, you know, like, what's this all about, you know, but yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. Know. Like you're eight, you don't understand. It seems exciting. <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah. And uh, yeah. So for sure. Cool. Well, that was an awesome story. I'm glad you like were able to share so much of that and be super open about it. I think a lot of people are going to hear this and find it very relatable. There was a lot of moments in there that I related to, like looking at yourself in the mirror and like 
trying to find the good things. I've, I've done that myself because I, you know, I struggle with my own body image. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that men don't really talk about too much is their own body image. Like, I think we hear it a lot for, for females and that's great that, that they're able to talk about it and discuss, but I don't think men are discussing their own body image at all. Like we, we all have body image issues. Like we see, you know, men's magazine covers and we're like, Oh, I would love to look like that. And we don't, we fucking don't. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I, I, it is important. Like in, in, I do, um, it, it, like men have body dysmorphia and men have like body image issues, like you said. And so I do think it's important for us to s- sort of begin talking about that a little bit more realistically. Um, there was, uh, if you ever watched Orange is the New Black, there's an actor, Matt McGorry, and then he was also in um, How to Get Away with Murder. And, uh, handsome guy, super buff, all that kind of stuff. And so he was in a new show recently on Netflix and he's definitely put on weight. And I just, uh, and I looked, I looked him up cause I was kind of like, Oh, he's put on some weight. I wonder if it's for this role or whatnot. And so he had written this, um, kind of long piece about radical body acceptance and, um, how he decided to stop working out and to stop doing a lot of stuff because, you know, he would see himself like, so especially in Orange is the New Black, he is lean, he's buff, you know, he's got a six pack, whatnot. He's working at a gym as a coach um, and he's looking at himself in this show and being like, oh, I'm still not lean enough. I'm still a little too fat. Uh, and, you know, and so he, he wrote this very long piece about <clears throat> radical body acceptance and how he just really is like, my body is my body. And uh, that was unhealthy for me to be so obsessed over things like that. And, uh, and now I'm here at this place where, yeah, I'm not buff. I'm not this like men's fitness cover anymore, but I'm okay with that, you know? And he's like, I love myself. And so I think that was really a powerful thing to read. It is a very long read. warning for anybody who does go out and look for that. Um, there's also Matt, <clears throat> Matt and Beth interviewed on their podcast, this guy, James uh, Capola, um, a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, and uh, similar thing. You know, he talked a lot about how um, he went to, uh, you know, like he was a competitor at some point and like he was working at a gym and one of his managers or something like that said, when you really want to get lean, you'll find me. And, you know, you see the picture of him and it's like, what do you mean? (laughs) That guy's got to probably have maybe 5% body fat in that picture. Um, And so he talks a lot and I like his Instagram a lot too, is he talks a lot about his own body dysmorphia and his own journey on, um, you know, accepting his physique and still working with clients and, and, uh, you know, all that stuff. So I think it's important for men to start really realizing like women have very unrealistic expectations set for them by like media and society, but men as well, you know? Um, and when I was teaching middle school years and years ago, uh, I remember my students, so I had like seventh graders, you know, and, uh, they would be like, well, I'm watching whatever, you know, 
CW show or what, whatever was on. And these guys are in high school and they all have like this, these muscles. And I was like, well, those guys right, are like 30 in real life. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because those all are, those are all actors and they're all like 30. And they're like, <laughs> no, no. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that person has to shave his chest because uh, he's way too furry to be a 17 year old boy. So, like, yeah. I, and like, just, but even like in this moment of like, here's this 12 year old who's pretty, you know, active and running around, having a good time, thinking like, he has to pack on, you know, tens of pounds of muscle to be attractive. And it's just like, this is kind of where it starts is like just realizing like media representations aren't uh, necessarily the best. And that's why I think it's great. Like a lot of stuff um, is starting to cast like quote unquote normal people and uh, in, in different roles. And, you, you know, I think it's important to just also be like, you don't have to look that way um yeah those are people those are people that are paid to look that way and and um even zach efron a few years ago gave that interview of when he was doing baywatch and he talked about how ridiculously hard it was to maintain that physique and that he would never ever do that again and and it's like those moments are really powerful to hear because it is sort of like zach efron this objectively attractive man is like that was bullshit (laughs) right i'll never do like that i'll never do that again how unhealthy was that you know and it's like listen to this person you know um yeah i think there's also a degree of it more being the norm for men to not talk about those kind of things right to like keep that deep down inside along with all of our emotions and all of our feelings and all that stuff. Yeah. That's, that could be a whole separate podcast really. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it is, uh, <laughs> but, but that's the thing that I encourage. Like I talked to it. It's one of the things I struggle with because I, I mean, this is our first conversation really aside from a couple, you know, our interactions on instant stuff like yeah. that. But like, like I, I grew up with the stiff upper lip, you know, like you just, you didn't talk about your feelings and, Mm -hmm. and, but deep down inside, like, you know, I knew I was this kid that felt big feelings and, uh, you know, being raised by, you know, two baby boomers who children are seen and not heard. And like, why are you crying? And like all those kinds of like kind of stereotypical things. And again, it's not like, I don't, I did not have a terrible childhood. Like, I don't want to make it, please don't think that I had like this miserable childhood, but there were definitely like things that are very different. You know, my nephews talk openly about their feelings and they talk openly about being confused at times with their sexuality and openly being like, you know, like, how do I deal with these? How do I navigate this? Where it's like, you know, and, and having them be like, well, what did Grammy and grandpa do with you? And I was like, Oh, we didn't talk about these things. <laughs> what are you t- All right. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, uh, yeah. I mean, it was like, I thought it was bad to cry for a very long time, you know, and, uh, I had to hide it. If I was crying, I had to hide it, you know, and, uh, all that. I was like, so no, I said, I, a lot of this stuff that I've learned, I've learned on my own, you know? So I said, it's great that my sister has empowered you all to be like able to talk about this stuff more openly generationally. Um, but like, 
yeah, I just feel like um, we do need to talk about it. We need to be vulnerable. We yeah. need to be like I... confused and okay with that. Because we are like, none of us have it all together. And we all look at other people who don't maybe don't express their emotions and think that they have it all together, but really they are struggling the same internal battle as you are. And I I think you and I kind of grew up in a generation where people thought it was weak to express your feelings, but it's, it seems that what we've been learning generationally is that there's a lot more strength in getting vulnerable. Like it's, it's fucking hard to do. It's hard to like open up and talk about your feelings, but you know, having friends and family and people in your life that you are able to like get open and express your vulnerability and that kind of thing. Like it feels so fucking good to be able to do like it's, it's great for you. It's great for you to be able to talk about those things and have other people's perspective on them. And mostly for people to be like, you know what? That's stupid. That's stupid for you to think that you are this like weak ass person or that you have all these um, internal struggles. Like, cause I don't see that you're the only person that sees that. So kind of getting that external perspective. And I mean, I know we just talked for about an hour about finding internal motivation, but I mean, like sometimes yeah. it can help to like have someone say like, you are literally the only person who thinks that about yourself. Right. Or it's also like, it's that moment of like, oh, me too. Like, yeah. Oh, you or like the relief, like that side, like, uh, you know, the kid who asks the question in class that you like, if I ask this question, I'm going to be super dumb. And then the kid in the class is like, but what do you mean by this? And you're like, oh, thank God somebody spoke up, right? Like, because that's the other thing that I think I found more than anything is that by talking about feeling a certain way vulnerably with some of my friends has opened up the like, oh, thank God I'm not the only one who feels this way. Uh, Because I think that's the flip side of it is that we've you know, we're, we're all like living in our own brains and it's like, I, I have to be the only person right now who's feeling this emotional response to this. Uh, when in reality, I'm clearly not. And if I just say, Hey, Nick, I feel, oof, man, I am so anxious right now about X, Y, and Z. And you're just, you might look over me and be like, thank you. (laughs) Uh, it's not just me. Uh, there's somebody else feeling this way. And now we both can kind of talk about what it is that's causing it. And, you know, we can kind of unwind our own things and just even that validation of just sort of like, oh yeah, you're not alone. Um, Yeah. Just understanding it's normal to have those feelings and not feel like you're taking on all of these things and that it's that you're weird for having too many feelings. (laughs) (laughs) And then also recognizing the spot where it's like, um, this is the new, like, so my husband and I have, created the shorthand um because like when it comes to talking about feelings a lot of times because they can be big emotions like there's the tendency to want to fix them and like correct them and and like make you feel better and like so there's definitely been times where it's like i'm just venting Mm -hmm. like so it'll do is like venting or problem solving um and and so like there's the moment of like i just need to get this emotion off my chest i don't need a solution please don't solve my problem I just need you to hear me. And that's all I need. And the response like that we kind of jokingly came up with it's, but like it works is like, especially when it's been like a shitty day is like, 
that sucks. I'm really sorry. Yeah. And sometimes that's, that's all it. you need. That's all you, you need know? to hear. You know, just... yeah, that sucks. I'm really sorry. Yeah. And then, and then that's like, sometimes all you need, you're right. And then there's other times where it's like, I need you to help me with this. I need to help understand this. Can you, can we talk about it a little bit more? And so like, that's where we go into like kind of problem solving and, and uh, you know, because when you're not seeking a, a solution and you receive one, it's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and I strongly encourage everybody in relationships. If your gut instinct is to solve the problem, make sure that's what your partner wants. Because if they don't want that, it's, it, it just, it, this is the struggle. I think a lot of couples may end up having in their lives. It's just this, like, I'm trying to fix your problem. And it's like, I don't need your fucking solution. I right. just need you to listen to me. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think like a great question to ask is always like, is there anything I can do for you? And right. sometimes the answer is going to be no. Sometimes, or the answer is going to be yes. Just listen. Yeah. Just or some, sometimes you guys going to be like, yeah, can you f- fucking help me with this? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> or like, this is my side of it. I know you're only getting my side of it, but am I being weird? You know, like, can you, yeah. like, do you, like, am I overreacting? You know, like, how would you react in this situation? Like, sometimes that works, but like other times it's literally like, I just had a fucking shitty ass day and uh you know oh like yesterday like i had somebody dropped into my schedule like last minute and i had actually planned to use that hour to do some work and like the way my gym does scheduling i'm not a a huge fan sometimes but it's like it's like okay i'm glad that that person was able to come in and i i got them their session but like also like i was told less than an hour before they were coming in for an hour that i had earmarked to get some other work done Mm -hmm. so i was definitely irritated nothing I can do about it when I'm talking to Dave about it later, um, you know, cause it happened whatever. And so like, we've gotten really good at like, I'm a little annoyed. The reason why I'm quiet right now is I'm a little annoyed. I'm thinking about this too much. I'm getting it out. So I stopped thinking about it. Um, you know, and in the past he might've been like, well, do you think you could talk to so-and-so tomorrow, you know, on Monday and be like, and you know, like that, that kind of nice solution, but like, also like, there was just moments like, Oh, I'm sorry that happened, you know? And, and we were eating dinner and then we moved forward, you yeah. know? So it was great. Like those, are, those are the moments of just sort of like, listen, acknowledge, and then ask, is there anything I can do to help? No. Okay, cool. Cool. You know, and just move move forward from that uh, yeah so yeah. i mean just to kind of like recap here yeah. <laughs> feel your feelings express yep. them don't problem solve and fucking love yourself all right <laughs> yeah pretty much fall in love with yourself because if you don't if you don't love yourself and i don't want to get into that trite idea of like if you don't love yourself nobody else will but it's sort of like it's the idea of like, I, on this journey, like, this is the one body I'm going to get. And, you know, this is the one life I'm going to live. And so I really need to try to make it the best that I can. And everybody else is just along for the ride. Yeah. The more time Um, you waste, just like nitpicking yourself, like that's all moments that you're missing out on in life. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that it's never going to happen. Of course, you're going to look in the mirror sometimes, like we talked about earlier, but 
the more time you waste on that, that's just, it's literally a waste of time. You could be doing so many more productive things or so many yeah. more enjoyable things with that time. So yeah. love yourself as much as you can. I'm not going to say it's going to be perfect. I'm not going to nope. say, I'm not saying you're going to love yourself every minute of every day, but anytime that you can be easy. take that time to love yourself. Yeah. Well, I think that is the greatest note that we could possibly end on right there. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Sean, for coming on. And yeah. like I said, Thanks being like me. super open and honest. And this has been great. Uh, Sean, where can people find you if they're looking for you? Uh, so uh, if you are in the Los Gatos, Saratoga area and you're listening to this, uh, you can find me in person at Mint Condition Fitness in downtown Los Gatos. And uh, online, you can find me on Instagram at Jim Bear Fitness. And that's also my website, jimbearfitness.com. I do have a, a small online side business that I'm running. So if you're looking for an online coach and you haven't hired Nick Anderson, uh, <laughs> perhaps perhaps check me out. Awesome. Well, again, thank you. Um, this has been fantastic. And to everyone listening, thank you for listening. <laughs>